the No Limiter Podcast, where we interview top business owners, entrepreneurs, and creators in every industry to help you set records, breaking, breaking months. Here's your host of the No Limiter Podcast, Regina Eileen Woodard. Welcome to the No Limit Podcast. I am your host, Regina, Regina Eileen Woodard, the queen of car loans and credit. And today we're going to be talking to Brad Golder. He does insurance at Provisions Insurance located in Brigham Farms, Michigan. Brad and I have been friends for what, five? How, how long have you been in the business? Uh, I've been in six years. So we've been friends for six years. So you were one yeah. of the first people I called. Yes. You know what? How did we meet? Did you walk into the dealership? How did you how did you get my contact information? First time I heard I heard you on the radio, you know, and you were talking about how, you know, what you do for your clients. And uh, so I reached out because, you know, a lot of what you do is similar to what I do. And you help people get cars and help their credit. And, you know, if you get car insurance, you get a car, you got to get car insurance. So, you know, I thought that we could be mutually beneficial to each other. And, you know, I love working with your clients and, and trying to help them uh, as they're improving their credit situation and getting their new car, making sure that it's protected and uh, protected at the right price. It's all about is the power of radio. You know, it's the power of being on different platforms because you never know who's listening. But when I met you, Brad, you have not had, but you have that caring concern for customers. Mm-hmm. And when you picked me, I picked you too, was because you were always fast, quick, and um, caring about the client. You know, I've been in this business for 24 years, Brad. I've talked to a lot of insurance agents, right? And talking to a lot of insurance agents, they just think about getting that quick quote and just being in and out. And, you know, the the purpose of the, the podcast today is I want to talk about the 10 factors that affect your car insurance rates and also tips for lowering your car insurance. And that's important, Brad, is because what we we just don't know. You know, we just don't know. I've learned so much about um, car insurance since, since we met. But let's talk about one, the state requirements. What, how is that a major factor with your insurance today? So obviously, if you're going to drive a car, you got to have car insurance. You got to have liability um, insurance. So we see people that will come in that that want auto insurance quotes that have tickets in their past for driving without a license, driving while the license was suspended, and driving without insurance. So those are all tickets that can that can hurt your car rate for five years. I've had people that have come to me that still have a state ID that are trying to get auto insurance. Brett, can you buy a car with a state ID? Can you get insurance on a car with a state ID? There are some companies that will allow you to, but then once you get pulled over, you're you're going to get a ticket for not having, you know, valid credentials and valid um, registration. So there's no point in doing it. Uh, If you're going to buy a car, get a driver's license. And because you're going to pay more for your auto insurance, if you don't have the right, the right driver's license, it's the same. What do you you mean the right driver's license? What what do you mean? To have a, uh, a valid driver's license. So you can buy a car with a state ID, but you can insure a car with a state ID, right? Because what if what if that person does not drive, right? 
and they have someone that takes care of them, they insure the car and then somebody else drives the car because they don't drive. Now they can do that, correct? Absolutely. But I find that that some people are just single and they just haven't gotten their license renewed or license, you know, it was suspended and they haven't gotten it back up yet, you know, and, and they're a walking target to to get pulled over. So people are sometimes new to the country and haven't gotten a Michigan driver's license yet. The surcharge for an international driver's license is really is really high too. So having a valid driver's license in the state where you're living is going to be the best way to get an auto insurance rate. If you are disabled and somebody else is driving, that's a whole nother story because you're going to have somebody on the policy who has a valid driver's license. That's another story. But if it's just somebody who's single and just hasn't hasn't gone to the to the secretary of state and done the right thing yet, they're going to be paying more for their auto insurance. But Brad, what about what about the individuals? Because you know, if you you reside in one state for six months and then you reside in another state for six months, or you're going to be you you just have that license in another state and you have a state ID and that can you get insurance with a driver's license from another state and have the state ID, but you have a driver's license but it's just not in that state. Can you yes. insure it with no so, problem or your yeah, so, so that's no problem, especially if you're new to the state. So you've just moved it here from Cincinnati. You know, you just you just moved to Auburn Hills from Cincinnati. You haven't gotten it registered yet. You're still going to be considered to be an, a valid driver with an Ohio driver's license. That's no problem. I'd recommend within the next three months, if you if you have established residency in Michigan, to get that Michigan driver's license. It's not going to be a surcharge for having an out-of-state driver's license, but the insurance companies are going to want you to get that within three months if you've moved. So because 60 or 70% of my customers have bruised credit. And so the second factor is credit history. How does that play affect with your insurance rate and how, when you get that rate, what, just answer that question, please. So pretty much every insurance company, because it's allowed in the state of Michigan is going to rate on credit. And the better your credit, the lower your auto insurance rate is. I think the one thing I hope that people listening to us come away with is if you raise that credit score, you're going to lower the auto insurance rate. Just like if they come to you to buy a car, better credit means you're going to, it's going to open up the window to more and more, more and more banks and lenders and, and more and more opportunities. Same thing with, uh, with auto insurance. Uh, if you've got bruised credit, insurance companies um, are going to surcharge. If you've got bad credit, they're going to be more likely to require you to pay more down. So instead of paying $150 a month, they might want you to pay the first and last, maybe want you to pay $300 down you know, and, and double that down payment. What does surcharge mean? What, what does that mean? Pay, to pay more. Yeah, okay. just to, They're going to make you pay more for bad credit. Just like if you've got a DUI, they're going to make you charge more. You know, I would think bad credit is like having a DUI on your record. You're going to oh, pay more what? for your auto insurance. Wow. I mean, it's true. I mean, all the factors that go into auto insurance, the biggest one that that people can correct is is the credit, is to is to get the credit better, get a better credit history going in and and the auto insurance rate is going to be going to be better. So, so you're saying, okay, so if someone has, if they're paying 550, let me, no, okay. Let me just say they have a 550 credit score. 550 credit score, say their insurance is 250 a month. Should they come back, should they call you or call their agent in six months or a year 
and say, you know what, can you try another insurance company? How do they get that 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 lower rate? Yes. So as soon as they when they get get that credit score better, call your agent and say, hey, uh, I know when I came to you, my credit was not good. It's better now. My credit score is a 650 now. So another huge factor is having consecutive coverage. Six months of consecutive coverage is the magic number. So let's say you're in the process of buying a car. I would say auto insurance on something for six months, even if it's not the new car they're going to get with you, put auto insurance on something, just liability insurance, get a get a bruised car uh, or one that you already have, or put yourself on mom and dad's policy. Go get a POS, months. right? Yes, exactly. A piece exactly. of shit. That's for everybody. That's a piece of shit. Just yeah, a piece I, that's of what I, that, see, that's more the Regina I'm used to is actually using the, the language. <laughs> you, you don't hide behind initials very often. So I was surprised to hear you said, yes, piece of shit. Put, put insurance on your 1995 Mercury Mountaineer that's got rust and put liability insurance only. You don't need comprehensive and collision. Don't need anything fancy. Put it for six months. Six months of uh, insurance is going to be a big factor. So when somebody calls me, maybe they, maybe they, they have that 550 credit score and want me to get it, get their insurance better. I say let's do it when you've got six months of consecutive coverage mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. credit score is better. We'll rerun it. We don't truly run an insurance uh, or a credit score the way you do. Where um, you know, what it, does that it, look it, like? What does that it, look like though? It's more of like um, it's a soft hit on the credit. So you're not going to actually um, see it reported with the agencies um, the way that uh, you do see the reports when it comes to uh, to running actual credit. But running so the it's cr- like a soft, soft credit. Is it a soft pull? Soft pull of your credit. So it's not going to hurt your credit for us to run it, but the insurance companies are going to know basically more or less what your credit situation is. So a soft pull is basically where you have their name, their address, and you're able to pull credit and it doesn't affect your credit score. Correct. Okay. Yep. And and that's what the insurance companies use insurance scores. So every insurance company is going to be different on how they look at that insurance score. Some of it's going to be based on how well you keep insurance um, and don't let it lapse. And some of it's going to be based on on credit. Every company is different. Some companies don't, it's not as, as big a, um, factor as it is with others, but just about every insurance company I can think of, credit does play some sort of factor in your rate. Well, age, at least to my third factor, age, you know, is it based on, well, just like when you buy a car, if you're not, the longer you're in the credit bureau, you know, the longer you pay your bills, the more, the more stability you have, you establish, right? Why does age play a major factor? How old you are? Uh, yeah, so uh, on the young end, it, it what's plays the a factor. What's, what's, what's young? Is 18, 19, 20, 20-year-old, 20 millenniums? Yeah, I would say I would say at 25 is when you really start kind of getting out of that young uh, situation. That being said, a 24-year-old is going to have a better rate than a 16-year-old, no doubt about it. But I think it's, it, it's kind of obvious why the age is going to factor in at that age, because you're just so young, young people who... I did it when I was young, make stupid decisions. Um, so that factors in. And then you just don't have the driving experience at 16 that you have, say, in your 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, and then age is going to factor in and the older end because two things, reflexes. Older, you can't see. You, 
Yeah, yeah reflexes, <laughs> eyes go. Um, and, and also in Michigan, part of your auto insurance has a medical component. So there's the personal injury protection. So that's going to factor in um, where you get a medical benefit if you're injured in an auto accident. If a 20-year-old is injured in an auto accident, the, the medical may not be as bad as an 80-year-old where you're a little bit more fragile. You know, you hear about the hips going and things like that. You're in an auto accident at an older age. There, there, there's more likelihood to be a medical component as opposed to a young person who might recover a little bit easier from, from a serious auto accident. So if you're at that certain age and you say you're 20, 21, you're under 25, does it help to be on someone else's policy to be able to get that rate lower? Yes. And especially if you want your own policy, having that six months on say mom and dad's policy, grandma, grandpa's policy, that's going to help uh, to factor in. You can get credit for that six months consecutive coverage. But then if you're, as long as the people that you're going on, on their policy, as long as they've got good, decent driving records and good, decent credit, it's just, it's going to be better overall for the policy. If you've got a 22 year old, one driver, one car, then that driver is going to be considered hundred percent the driver for that car. But if suddenly you put that driver on a parent's policy, then they're looking at it as, oh, a, a 47-year-old is driving that car half the time. And so the 47-year-old is going to have, have that better rate. Leading into number four, is it true that car make and model, you know, because I, you know, I, I heard for years, well, all my life that if you buy that red car or if you have that that car that gets stolen is known to get stolen in the area or stolen in the state where you live or the national that your insurance is going to be higher. Yes. So that, that is definitely a factor. So here's when an in, every why? insurance company. Why though? Why? Every, why? Well, why I mean, okay. So insurance companies are going to look at risk. So what is the risk of me insuring the Ford escape versus you know, the, the 2018 Ford Escape versus, let's say, a 2018 Lincoln uh, Navigator. So if the Lincoln Navigator is a, a car that's more likely to be stolen, then the rate's going to go up because the insurance company says, our statistics say that Lincoln Navigators get stolen 40% more of the time. And I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing numbers completely mm-hmm. out random. But if a car is more likely to be stolen, then that means that the insurance company is going to be more likely to have to pay out on a theft claim. So uh, that's going to factor in. Uh, again, the, the personal injury protection is a part of the auto policy. So what car is safer? Is one car going to keep you safer than another car? That's going to factor in um, to, to the rate because it may keep you away from uh, a personal injury protection claim. The internet is full of these um, lists that insurance companies provide about you know which cars are the cheapest to insure, so it's something to look at when you're when you're shopping for a car. Is this particular make and model cheaper to insure? I tend to find trucks and SUVs tend to be a little bit cheaper because you got more steel surrounding you. You just so they're it's safer. bigger. You sit so up, safe. it's going to be a little safer? bit safer. Yeah. So they're safer, Brad. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I found there's there've been strange situations where somebody's you know, gone from a 2015 to a 2020, same, same make and model. And the rate actually goes down, even though they're insuring a more expensive car. Um, 
as the years have gone on, the the uh, the car makers have made that car safer, and so uh, the safe the the safeness has factor has factored in more than actual the price of, of the car. But but obviously that's going to be a big factor too. Is you know if you're if you've got a got a sixty thousand dollar car, um, that's more expensive for the insurance company to replace than a fifteen thousand dollar car. So speeding tickets number five, speeding tickets. I know that. When I was, when I first got my driver's license, I would, well, when I was 16, I got a ticket at 16. I got a ticket twice a year. They kicked me off my dad's insurance at AAA at age 16. And so my, so I'm laughing now, but you know, I remember my dad was, was furious, but I thought it was a joke, but I got actually kicked off my dad's insurance. And I, I just didn't understand that my driving record or my, the violations that I was getting that would affect where an insurance company would say, you know what? I don't want you anymore. You yeah. know, I don't want you, or you're going to pay this price. How does that, I mean, how, what does that look like in the insurance eyes when you have a, a ticket? And then how long does it take to fall off a ticket to fall off your record? Okay. You, so, you clean. so, so the record is there. We can see the record, but the most, I've heard of an insurance company rating you as five years. I've heard of some companies only going back four, some even go only going back two. So again, it's important to get with the right company that's not, if you've got a bunch of tickets, get with the right company that's not going to, to rate them um, as far back. But, um, you know, the bottom line is if you want better insurance, you know, don't speed, don't get tickets, uh, don't get into an accident. Uh, your motor vehicle report and your clue report um, are going to factor in on your rates. So clue report's gonna show um, accidents and claims activities and the motor vehicle report's gonna show um, any tickets. So now what's a clue report? So the clue report shows um, the insurance activity on your policy. So that's gonna be your accidents uh, for the most part. Um, one thing on the clue report I would say is just because you have insurance, doesn't mean you have to use it. Okay. So if you've got a $500 deductible, if you've got a $500 deductible and you've got a $700 claim, pay the claim, pay it out of your pocket rather than uh, making a 200, what becomes a $200 insurance claim, because the insurance claim is going to show up on your, on your clue report. And you're going to be paying more for your auto insurance in the long run. If a claim is affordable to you, pay it yourself and don't turn it into the insurance, that's going to help you on your rate. And along that line, and I think this is one of the things that we will we'll touch on later, but raise your deductibles, get a thousand dollar deductible, get the highest that the loan will allow, which uh, I think every company we use for as lien holders for loans requires a thousand dollar deductible or less, do a thousand, save the money because you're going to save by doing a thousand versus a 500, you're going to save money in the, on your monthly payments. Put that money aside in case you do need it for a rainy day, but do the $1,000 deductible because you're going to save on your monthly auto insurance by doing a higher deductible. And it's going to eliminate the small claims that can gradually drive up your, your insurance costs. Now, in two to four years or however long that they look at your, um, far as your claim on there, does it go, it goes away after those years, right? It's gone. Yeah. They don't, it, nobody can go back and look at your past history. Correct. 
Okay. Yeah. So right now, if you've if you've got a 2016 DUI or a January of 2017 DUI, they don't care. That's five years. That's five years old. They don't care. But they're not going to see it, though, right? I uh, it's it's on there. It, it is on there, but it cannot be rated because I've I mean I've seen them go back. I've seen a clue report and an NBR report that that shows a 1984 so and so, and that it doesn't matter. Uh, it is on there, but it 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 shows that it does not factor into the rating. They can't if if they if the insurance company announces that that their rating factor is five years in the past, they can't go back six years. That'd be that'd be a violation of what of state insurance law. Number six hits hits home with me big time, um, Brad. Is because the yearly mileage. You know, you 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 really have to. You know, I, I want to give I want to give everybody a. a um, a way to, to be smart. You know, you to me, you got to be, you know, I don't want to say beat the insurance company, but you got to be able to um, be a little bit smarter than they are. Because right. I um, I, was, I was working at, I'm working at Joe Longham and Chevrolet now, but I was working at a four store in Detroit. And I know you remember. And uh-huh. I, and I was, I had a company car and I purchased a Ford. Usually I lease my vehicles. And I turned my lease in and I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get a Ford, but my insurance rate was crazy, was crazy because I think I remember you saying that, um, because of the vehicle, it was a Ford fusion mm-hmm. and because of that vehicle had a habit or, or the stolen rate was, was high. My actually, my my insurance um, rate was higher than what I wanted to pay. Yeah, well, and think about a fusion too. Sits low to the ground and is not, you know, a explorer. Uh, you know, something that's a, a bigger or a truck F one hundred and fifty or something is probably going to be is probably going to be less because it sits up higher. I'm learning. I'm learning too because what you told me to do, I would not have done this if you wouldn't have gave me this suggestion. And the only thing I could think of was, you guys are tracking my miles. You guys are tracking my miles, right? When, yeah. when you t- tell everybody what you told me to do, what, what I put in my car. Get the device. Is this yes. what we talked about? Yeah. yeah. So every so most insurance companies now do these smart devices where an insurance company may say, um, you know, we don't like maybe you maybe you got a bad uh driving errors. Insurance company may have a certain rate for you that you just don't agree with. So you can prove them wrong by getting a device to put in your car or to put on your smartphone. And it would track things like time of day driven, hours, yeah, time of day driven. One of the big factors is hard braking. They don't want you to slam on the brakes and hard acceleration. They don't want you to go zero to 60 like you're in the Daytona 500, you know. And like you know, the Daytona 500? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and if you see a traffic light, you know, the, the hard braking thing too. People people come flying into a, 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 a an intersection, even though it shows red, come flying into an intersection and then slam on the brakes once they get close, cruise into the, you see the light turn red, cruise into the, the stop, you know, with plenty of, of time to spare. Those kind of things can factor, can can be tracked. If you don't do the device, they can't track it. And some people don't want the track. I, I don't, I don't want the insurance company to know my business. A lot of people say that, and I get it. No, but it, anyway, you got a, you got a phone. Exactly. They're tracking you. If you're on the internet, they're tracking you, so it doesn't exactly. matter. But exactly. what, how I I don't want to say how I beat the insurance company because I don't really like to use that word. But I was a little bit smarter than the insurance company on this. Is that 
my car sat in the garage yeah. and I drove my company car every day. And I took my um, I took my vehicle out once a week. I went to the store, you know, went to the mall, went shopping or yeah. just, you know, just or took it out on the weekend. And so I got my insurance, Lord, because I didn't drive my car. I drove yeah. my company car all the time. In a way, if you play the game, you can you can prove to them that you live the little old lady lifestyle, go to church on Sundays and go to Kroger on Saturdays and that's it. And you can beat the system. Also, if you really are that little old lady who really doesn't drive and the insurance company is telling you that you do drive, then do the device. But the device could hurt you if you get the device just to get the discount. And then you drive all the time, all over the place, and like a maniac, then they know that. So you're, suddenly your $3,000 a year rate becomes $5,000 a year because of the device. So the device can hurt you, but if you play it smart, the device can really help you too. And just about every insurance, at least the big boys now, um, if you see the, the insurance company on TV, they probably have the device because they like to know information about you. Who are the big you can boys? Be smart about it, and you can do when it. When you say big boys, Brad, what do you mean the big boys? You know, I mean the ones that you see on TV, the progressive nationwide, uh, Liberty Mutual, State Farm, Allstate. You know, if you see them on on TV advertising, they probably have the device now. Um, it's some of the the more mom and pop insurance companies, regional uh, insurance companies uh, that maybe don't do the technology um, as much. Are you in the market for a new or used car? Whether you're in the Metro Detroit area or anywhere in the U.S., call or text me at 248-301-0461 and I'll go to work on getting you the best deal possible. That's right, we'll deliver anywhere in the U.S. Call or text me at 248-301-0461. So seven, um, driving record. We, we touched on that a little bit, but is it important that you limit your accidents per year? Absolutely. Why? Zero is the best. But uh, why? If it's not your fault, though. Let's just, let's just give an example here, right? You're into an accident. It's not your fault. Someone hits you. Yeah. Are you penalized because of that? Yes. Number one, Michigan's a no-fault state. So, what, is, so um, what, what the, does no fault mean, Brad? Okay. You, you bring in, what's no fault mean? So a no fault state means that I'm responsible for my car and you're responsible for your car. I need to get insurance on my car. You need to get insurance on your car. And when we're in an accident, my car is my responsibility. Your car is your responsibility. There are some there are some cat some tweaks in there where uh, there's some situations where. If you hit me, there's still some responsibility on you. There's still some responsibility on your insurance company. Um, but for the most part, mine is my responsibility. Yours is your responsibility. So even though you're a crazy driver, you hit me, I was just sitting at the light. I still have to turn the claim into my insurance company. You have to turn the claim into your insurance company. And my insurance company has to pay for the damage that you did to my car. That's what a no-fault state means. And it means that if I'm in a not-at-fault accident, I can still be penalized. The other thing that a not-at-fault accident shows is if there's a history, let's say over five years, you have three not-at-fault accidents. There's a history of showing that that maybe you're not the best defensive driver. 
Maybe not at the right place at the right time. Sometimes, sometimes shit happens and there's nothing you can do about it. You're at a light, you get rear-ended. There's nothing you can do about it. But there's certain situations where somebody cuts you off and even though they're at fault, maybe you weren't quite paying attention enough. Maybe you weren't quick enough on the brakes. Maybe you were going a little too fast. Anyhow, even though it's their fault, there's always levels of fault. And even though at fault or not at fault is is really kind of black and white, we know that in driving situations, there's some gray areas there. So I would tell you as a driver to just be as defensive as possible and to avoid the situation where you get into any sort of accidents, the, the process of the claims and the process of having your auto insurance go up. Well, uh, so in other words, you're saying if you at a light and you can avoid somebody hitting you, you should avoid it, but then you hit something else because people do that. So if you can yeah. avoid it, you avoid it, correct? Is that what you're Absolutely. saying, basically? Absolutely. Uh, if you can avoid it, avoid it. Obviously, there's situations where you can't, but but anticipate, you know, all, all the, the things that you're probably taught at the age of 15 in driver's ed, you want to do that. You want to give drivers enough space on highways, especially, um, you know, expressways going fast. This dude behind me is all over the place, weaving and bobbing and going crazy. I just want to, I, I just want to, I'm going to get all the way over and not even have to deal with this dude who just who looks drunk or looks crazy. I, I don't want to do it. So anticipate what could happen, anticipate which drivers are nuts you know, as much as possible and which ones are good drivers and, you know, do your best to avoid accidents. Uh, again, shit happens. <laughs> and most insurance companies look at uh, a driving record as such, where over five years, if you have one speeding ticket, probably not a big deal. You have one not at fault accident over five years, probably not a big deal. You start to have a few, you start to have a few tickets, you start to have a few uh, accidents. Suddenly you're going to be, this is a person that we don't want to uh, to deal with. And that goes back to what I talked about on the small claims. You, If you're a person that's making small claims, so you have a little windshield crack, and you're starting to make claims over things that are just a little bit over your deductible. That you could have got fixed, right? You're right. out of pocket. Yeah, you, you do it out of pocket. So maybe that claim is not the bad one. But then you have a legitimate one. You have a $17,000 total that's a not at fault. So that one you can't avoid. You got to turn in the claim for $17,000 because you're not, you're not rich. You're not Bill Gates. You got to turn that one in. But the one, but now all of a sudden you got two because you turned in that stupid ass windshield that you could have paid for out of pocket. That's where those really factor in. It's not the first one. It's the ones that start accumulating and show a pattern of being an insurance company is going to say, look, this person keeps keeps on turning in claims. They're a pain in the ass. This is not somebody we're, we're interested in. So I'm, I'm laughing, Brad, because, you know, you said, you know, to avoid accidents. Right. So when I went out with some friends last night, my best friend's sister um, birthday was Thursday. So we went out um, last night, went to a, a little uh, it wasn't like, well, a little club. And, you know, we had it was music, drinks, food. And the only thing I kept saying in my head, then I eventually said that to the group, was like, we need to get out of here so we can get home before everybody else leave out of here, right? Because yeah. once you put yourself in that zone, everybody's rushing out the door at the same time to get home. You got people that's, that have been drinking or had too much to drink. And then you might run into somebody you don't run and run into. I mean, I mean in your car or you see somebody driving that could be because everybody's rushing home from the bar. Or from yep. their destination. 
<laughs> my mom used to tell me nothing good happens once the streetlights come on, right? Get inside, dinner's ready, you're not going back outside. It's the same on driving, right? And it's why those devices that you can you can use to try to help your rate, those devices surcharge if you're doing a lot of 2 a.m. driving. Oh, because wow. that's that's when the drunkards are out there. That's that's when you as a driver might be <laughs> not as good, right? If you if it's 2 a.m., look, I'm I'm a parent, uh, I've got kids. I put them down at eight o'clock. I'm in bed by eight thirty a lot of times. I'm so tired. I couldn't imagine in my at this point in my lifestyle driving at two a.m. Some people are built like that. Some people are younger than me, and some people are okay at two a.m. But if I were to drive at two a.m., I wouldn't be a good driver because I'd be tired. It'd be dark. So dark. You know, you gotta have your headlights on. The headlights aren't perfect. And yeah, the type of people that are out there at two a.m. are more likely to be coming back from the bar. And not in any position to be driving their cars. You know what? This, you know, been is almost space um, for as long as I have. The major factor right now, I want to say in Michigan, number eight is the zip code. You know, I have customers that come from car, people that buy cars that come from all areas of Michigan, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Flint, whether it's. Um, uh, Macomb County, or it might even be Toledo. And, you know, if their zip code is a certain zip code, yeah. it seems like their insurance is higher. Let's just be honest, yes. Detroit. Insurance yes. is higher in the zip code of Detroit. Yes. Why is that? So so insurance companies uh, are going to rate based on probability of accidents, and they have to use facts. They have to supply facts to the state insurance commission. And there is no secret that the highest rates start in Detroit and the rates go down the further you get away from Detroit. So the, the further miles you are from Detroit, the better your rate is. But that's uh, the best rates, that's, best rates are across the Mackinac and in the upper peninsula. But Brad, uh, that's redlining though, right? That's redlining, right? So, because of so, a this, so the state cannot... Insurance companies cannot do that with the state. Now, do they? I, I can't answer. I've not seen the data behind it, but I do know there's more people. Uh, there's obviously more people per per square foot in Detroit than any place else in in Michigan. So you, the traffic is worse in Michigan. Or I'm sorry, in Detroit, the road quality is probably much worse in Detroit than any place else uh, in Michigan. Um, so. It would seem like from those factors, uh, there is a, a, a greater risk driving uh, in Detroit. I find when I'm driving in Detroit, the roads don't make any sense. Like all of a sudden, like the traffic patterns are terrible. A lane will just randomly end because they don't have good signage or the because signage. They want you is... to pay attention because they want you to pay attention. Brandon. Yeah. Um, and I know that the police times of of like response are a lot worse in Detroit. A lot of that, and the fire, that, that, a lot of that's more on the uh, the rate increases in on houses, but and the just the overall crime rate in Detroit is higher, which would lead to higher rates of theft and vandalism. I, so Brad, I, is it wrong? Is it wrong? I got I got to get this up, Brad. So is it wrong? Because I used to tell my customers, right? I don't do this anymore. But I used to tell my customers, okay, you live in Detroit, you live in that certain zip code if it's high, find yeah. someone else 
that lives in another another city, right? And get your insurance there. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so I mean, so you you would pay less, and then you'd get into an accident, and then they wouldn't pay because you've committed insurance fraud. So, I mean, I, I can kind of stop that right there and say, look, there's no point in doing it because then you don't really have insurance. So then you're paying for nothing. And you get into a. a what if you live in two places? You can live in Detroit and live somewhere else too, right? So, so I I know that there. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that that are like 50 50. Like I got mom's house and I got girlfriend's house, and I or stay they got boyfriend's there. house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I I stay there 50 percent of the time. I stay there 50 percent of the time. Great. Establish residence. Feel free to establish residence in the place that's going to have the best auto insurance rates. Show documents that you live there. So get your driver's license changed to that address. Get your employer to change your address on your pay stub. Have a pattern of proof that you live there. And it's great. Obviously, if you're in Auburn Hills half the time and you're in Detroit half the time, the Auburn Hills rate is going to be better than the Detroit rate. The zip code is going to rate much better at 48326. So get your documents in line. If you actually legitimately live there, Get your documents in line so that you can prove it when the insurance company says, nah, you were here, you got into an accident in Detroit, you live in Detroit. Don't let them come back to you. Say, no, I used to live in Detroit. I don't live there anymore. But just make sure it's legit. Look, I it well, get your paperwork in order. Just get your get your paperwork in order. That's all. There, there's a lot of good things about living in Detroit. Detroit's Detroit's it's there's you're paying probably very little for a house. I mean, you can get a house for a very low amount. Some of your lifestyle things, if you're living in Detroit, you're paying a lot less for auto insurance. Oh, Brett, is a lot of them. Right. It sounds like I don't want to make it sound like we're like bashing Detroit, but if you live in another state, right? Let's just say you live in Florida, and one of the cities there were because Detroit is a city, Michigan yeah. is a state, right? So Florida is a state, and just say I have some family in Mulberry. And then I have some family member in Lakeland. All are in Florida, but the city is different. So how, I'm trying to phrase my question right where it's just not Detroit, it's other areas too and other states, right? Sure, if you're in in Miami, I I don't do Florida auto insurance very often, but if you're in Miami, I'm sure you're paying more than if you're in whatever suburb is 30 minutes outside of Miami. It's going to be, Orlando is going to be the same way. Any any city, I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, I'm guessing that Kennesaw and Marietta, Georgia, pay less than downtown Atlanta for auto insurance. But why? Because of the traffic and the probability of accidents, probability of theft, probability of vandalism. You know, again, it all has to be proved by statistics. And look, I the the red line lining claims could very much be legit. I. I I feel for anybody that lives in Detroit, and I have sympathy. I I, I have sympathy for anybody who faces any sort of discrimination. I, I just, to me, it it it's just it, it's horrible, and it, and it obviously goes on. There, to say that we don't have any discrimination based on race in our society is completely false. We have a lot of work to do. I'm discriminated against based on being Jewish. And I know that there are people out there that hate Jews and I, to see where we are, I mean, this is, this is not auto insurance, but to see where we are as a society, 
there, there are certain things that we have not come far enough at all from the days of Dr. King. And, and I'm sure that there is racial discrimination in auto insurance. So you but I also know that the insurance companies do have to provide proof as to why they are surcharging Detroit and Flint and Pontiac as much as they are. I'm sorry, I, I, I keep cutting you off here, but do you, so you believe in the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday, being Jewish? Do I believe in the holiday? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I, sure. So you celebrate yeah. that? You got to work? I probably don't do enough. To be honest, I don't. I, I absolutely believe in it. I believe in the values of Dr. King, but could I do more? I absolutely could. And sometimes I feel like I should. But am I out there protesting? I'm a silent protester, and I yeah, me too. I sometimes feel guilty about it. I don't know what it's like to be black in America, and but I I can at least sympathize with what it is because when I get pulled over by a racist police officer, they don't know that I'm Jewish, but they know that you're black. And that's yeah. not right. We have to do what we can to to eliminate the the racists on the police force. And you know what? It it may never it may never happen. But I I I can't control the rates, but I can I can sympathize for somebody that lives in a majority black area where the rates are ridiculously high and it sucks well you know what it's funny you say that because i don't know what it is i don't know what it's like to be white so we can just move <laughs> on <laughs> all right so that leads to number nine so yeah. if Mar- being married marital status do you get better insurance because you're married or or if i'm if you're single because doesn't that play where if you marry and that person has a bad driving record, you got a good driving record. I'm just trying to see. I'm single, but I'm yeah. just trying to see how that plays. Yeah, you know, I, I, I in Michigan, I, I know they used to be able to to rate on marital status. I don't think they can anymore. I think the the 2020 re- reforms I think eliminated gender and marital status as what they could rate on. But if you're married, you should include your spouse. I, I see a lot of married people try to do separate policies. You know why though, right? Because, because one's got a bad it. driving record. One got a, one has a bad driving record. Yeah. One has the bad credit. I see this all the time. They never want to put it together. But right. How I look at it, even though I'm not married, but you know, I've seen a lot of things. Everybody pays their bills on time, right? You know, certain things happen. Everybody pays their bills on time. One person has a situation happen. Their credit goes bad for whatever reason, right? You still got the other person that has the credit to, to right. make everything happen. Like do some things. Why Why married couples wouldn't combine some things? Right. So let's say one person, you know, one person has would be 200 bucks a month and the other person would be 400 bucks a month. I just don't see a situation where they would combine their policies and it would be 600. I feel like if they combine their policies, it would be 500. Just to use some easy math. There may be some situations where they would want to have separate policies. I just think, you know, especially when it comes to credit, being married is is an advantage because they're going to rate the better credit. So if you've got if you've got two people with and one of them's got better credit, they're going to rate the better credit. Throw the bad credit out the door. Yes. Oh, they're just going to take the better number. They'll just take the better number. The driving record you can't really do anything if your spouse is a bad driver. 
you know, that that's going to play in. But I still think overall, you're going to pay less as a household. That one car that the good driver owns might go up, but the it's going to be balanced by the better the better number for the other car. I would always encourage uh, married individuals to go together. You know, you get you get some people and they don't want to go together, and it's because they're like on the outs. You know, they're about to split up, or you know, if that's the case, if if you're pre-divorce or separated, then then do separate policies. But if you're legitimately a married couple, happy, share your finances, get on the same policy. Ninety-nine out of a hundred times, I think your your rate's going to be better overall by doing it that way. So my last impact number ten, gender, gender. Being a female or male, 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 you guys drive better than we do. Or no, I'm, worse. I'm, I'm confused. It, it it used to be it used to be the men had higher higher insurance, uh, but I don't think Michigan can do that anymore. Everything that that is evolving on uh, gender issues, I, I think states and insurance companies are getting completely away from that because, let's face it, uh, gender is a more fluid situation than it was 30 years ago, and I, I don't think insurance companies want to be the the police of as to whether somebody's male or female, that's not their fight. That's a whole another issue. So I think insurance companies have completely gone away from rating somebody based on their gender. But back when they were rating by gender, females were getting a break because we do stupid things as a, as a male group. We're better. Uh, we're better drivers. We're better drivers. We you're better drivers. You don't take chances the way that we do. We're, we do we do so many stupid things. Just look at YouTube and all the stupid things that men do, whether behind the wheel or not. We're we are typically the the higher rated drivers, but I think that's all. I wouldn't I wouldn't even factor that in when thinking. Yeah. You know People, what I'm that is as, a, as that affects the insurance rate is your gender. Well, and it's also something you're not going to do anything about because you either are one thing one gender, another gender, or you're not going to change your gender or identify as a different gender, agenda, gender based on auto insurance. There, there's some reasons you may identify differently, but that has nothing to do with auto insurance. That's, that's again, going down a, a rabbit hole that is not even necessary. So gender is nothing that you're going to uh, change based on auto insurance. So it's nothing you can do about it. And I don't think insurance companies are rating on it well, there you go. The 10 factors that affect your insurance rate. But let's give up while we're wrapping up. Let's give a few tips on how do you lower your car insurance? Because the one thing the one thing I pride myself into is when I send my customers to you is, is that you're always finding the ways to lower their insurance. Because when I send my customer, my car customers, you for insurance, you think like I do. How can we get them the cheapest payment? How can we make their payment cheaper, not forever, but cheaper at this time, but to gradually, gradually, gradually continue to keep it the same price or lower? What are one of the tips that you do as being a, a, a broker? We never talked about, the reason I chose you, Brad, and we chose each other was because you shop insurance rates with different, different insurance groups. When you go to like, Progressive, you go on right to Progressive, and Progressive is not shopping. Progressive is giving you their one rate, correct? Right. Yes. So lowering your auto insurance. Again, I can't stress it enough. Raise your credit. That's going to lower your auto insurance. Have a good payment history on your auto insurance. Six months of consecutive coverage. 
good credit. Those are the basic ways to make substantial changes uh, to your auto insurance rate. So here's some others that are going to, companies are going to provide discounts for. Companies are going to provide discounts based on your affinity. So some sort of organization you're involved in. So be upfront as to what you do and organizations you're involved in and organizations you're willing to join to get an auto insurance discount. I've got companies that'll give you a 10% discount if you're a member of a credit union. You can become a member of a credit union by putting $5 into a credit union. What if you don't belong to a credit union and you say you belong to a credit union and then you go join a credit union? Can you do that later yeah, sure. and still get the credit? Sure. I, I mean, if you're going to do it in that next week, if you're going to get in it, you're a member of the credit union if you get your loan through the credit union. That's another way too, if you're if you're financing uh, with a credit union. But tell your agent about your groups. Say, I, I graduated from Oakland University. There's an alumni discount right there. I work for fire department. There's a state employee, county employee discount, some sort of group discount. Tell them everything that you're involved in and maybe they've got a discount for that. Um, do whatever... Whatever the agent says is going to be cheaper. So paperless. Don't have a mail, you know, it, it, maybe one company give you a 2% discount if you go to email and do your e-signatures and, and do Everybody all that. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to do that. Nobody yeah. wants to nobody wants to mail anymore, even though I'm still with the mail somewhat. Yeah. And you know what? Your agent can still print you out a copy. If you're at the dealership, we sell you a policy. I'm going to email it to the to the car salesperson. I'm going to send you a, a copy, and you can stick it in the printer, and you can have and you can uh, you can print out the documents there. So, do things like little discounts like that. If you can save up for it, pay six months in full. I, I've, I've seen companies that that's a huge discount to pay it in full as opposed to go monthly. But if you're going to go monthly, how much can you say? I've seen up to ten percent. Progressive probably has the biggest paid in full discount. So, I mean, some of the paid in full, if you can afford it. You know, it's a lot of times it'll save you about about a month every six months. So you're really paying about a five months uh, worth of insurance um, to do the paid in full. What uh, so, I mean, so that that'd be going there. How important is the bundle? You know, how, because we I I say that a lot to my customers. Well, you're going you're gonna to be in the bundle. If you don't have rental insurance, you know what? You're going to get rid of the insurance. How important is that, the bundle? I know how important it is, but I don't think people really understand the value of the bundle. And it's a huge value if you're a renter, which I found strange because you would think insurance companies would want homeowners because a homeowner's insurance policy is a more expensive um, policy than a renter's policy. But of the companies I work with, I think every one of them discount for having a second policy is the same. And it's typically about a 10%, 15% discount for having multiple policies. I think I've seen as, as much as a 20% discount for having multiple policies. And it doesn't matter what it is. Renters insurance could be about $200 a year. Homeowners, maybe 2000 a year. So if you're renting, I've seen people that having two policies um, is a lot cheaper than having just one policy. So renters is not even just a free policy. It's it's better than a free policy. So, so Brad, my final and last question, what would you share with someone that was looking for an insurance agent, was looking for a good insurance agent? Is there certain qualities that they should be looking for? Because 
you know, I know when, um, you know, I, I do videos all the time. And one of the things I say is that when you're looking for a car, you find that, you know, you you find that dealership you want to buy that car at, at right? Unless you've been referred to someone, is that you go to that dealership or you call, you talk to that salesperson, right? You find out who you're dealing with. You look their Facebook page up. You look this. You find out what kind of person you deal with, dealing with, right? And you find out their integrity. What kind of advice would you give to a person that's looking for a good insurance agent or good insurance person to deal with? All the all the things that you would basically think of as far as dealing with a decent human being and somebody that's moral and ethical should go into it. But the type of insurance they're selling, you know, I, I could, I, I can't stress uh, any more that. Working with an independent agent who is doesn't care which company you work with, you you get um, is is going to help you in the long run. So an independent agent is appointed with many different companies, so they can search many different rates for you. A captive agent is going to be one that you know the name of the insurance company that they work with is going to be on the on the wall of the the building they work for. It's typically going to be in like a strip mall. But there's nothing wrong with that company. You know, those, those type What's of companies. Captive? What's a captive? So a captive agent can only sell that one product. So they've I got, got look, I mean, I don't have a problem with State Farm. I think I think it's a it's a quality product, but the State Farm agent sells State Farm. And if you want something else, they're going to try to sell you State Farm. Uh, that's That's what they've got. And the independent agent is going to be able to sell you whatever companies that independent agent is appointed with. I, I have 20 different options or more for people uh, as a as a captive agent. Also consider, you know, you could shop for multiple. You can shop with an independent agent and then send your stuff over to a state farm guy too. And think about some of the specialty companies. USAA works with the military. If you're active or retired military, try them. In addition to a cap, uh, in addition to an independent agent, try uh, Mimic. If you're in the education community, they may have a good rate. They may not. You may not even like your Mimic agent. You may not want to do business with them, but at least give them a, give them a shot too, because they specialize in teachers and educators. So, yeah, sh- shop it around. If you're only going to shop with one company, shop with an independent. If you shop multiple, I would say do an independent and then some captives. I'll try to get the best rate. Try some onlines. You know, the insurance, progressive.com, which by the way, as an independent agent, I have a completely different progressive than the progressive.com. Um, people don't realize that, but those are almost like two different companies. Um, so you can shop with an independent, see what their progressive looks like and shop progressive.com and see what their progressive looks like. They may look completely different. You said two key things to two key nuggets doing this podcast at the end was Captive agent and independent agent. A captive agent is someone that has just one brand. If it's state firm, if it's all state, right? And then right. an independent agent, you have 20 different uh lenders or 20 different insurance companies that you deal with. That's huge. That was a those were two major nuggets. So thank you. <laughs> um, can you do can you do insurance in any in any state? What state? If someone's watching this and they want to reach out to you, how would they reach out to you? What's your social media handles? And can you do insurance in other other states besides Michigan? Yes. So I would say that 
our agency, we're Provision Insurance. My name is Brad Golder. We are, I would say, strongest in Michigan because that's where we are, are headquartered. Uh, but we do offer insurance uh, in other states. We can. We are an independent agency in Georgia, Ohio, California, Florida, for sure, and a couple others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Plus, we are licensed uh, in all 50 states. Um, I've got clients in Arizona, Illinois, Hawaii. I'm Hawaii. Waiting, for that, waiting for that visitation invite there, but uh, I, I've got the I've got a Hawaii <laughs> policy, South Carolina. So yes, any state. But we do tend to be better and more options for people uh, in Michigan. You know, it's good to know that you have um, agents and others. I mean, you have customers in a lot of states and we know where you specialize. We know where you specialize in is Michigan. But if you are looking for a quote in Michigan, you, I would want you to want them to call Brad Golder at Provision Insurance. Or if you're looking to get a quote in another state, you can also give them a call. What's your social media handles? Uh, I'm on Twitter, bgolds19. Um, although most of that stays more like personal and not like uh, insurance. I don't, I don't like boring people with all the insurance talk, but I, I am on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, uh, but that's really just where you can see pictures of my kids that my wife has posted and tagged me. But I'm on Facebook, Brad Golder. Just search. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what the slash is on on Facebook. But call me up. Like, I mean, that's really the big thing. If obviously clients. What's your number, uh, Brad? What's your number? Here are the digits 248 686 1584. 248 1584. If you got a policy and you wanted me to look at it, you can email it to me at bgolder, B G O L D E R, at provisionagency.com. Not provision, provisionagency.com. Or reach out to Regina. You got all my cards. You got you got ways to send people uh, my way. Ask me questions. I love to answer them. And we'll talk about your situation and find ways that you can save on on auto, home, business, life insurance. By the way, one, one thing we didn't talk about: if you're like, let's say you're buying a truck and you're a contractor, if you're using that truck for business purposes, you could do a business policy, and sometimes that may be a a good way to save some money and would be the correct insurance if you're using it for. or more business use, put it in the business name. So that's something else we can talk about. We can do business insurance. Wow, you can do a lot. So Brad, do you have, I see you have a hat. Do you have a shirt too with provision insurance on it? Uh, I've got a few in the closet. Yeah, I'm just working on a t-shirt for on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, but I I, I do have a couple, a couple polos. I want a shirt. Course, you need to give it to me in a hat because I'm gonna do a okay. video before this comes out. Because before just just talking about the importance of insurance, and you're gonna tell me what to say. So okay. if you have a shirt and a hat, get it to me this week. Okay. And um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do a video for you. I'll do it before um before this comes on. Sounds good. All right, Brett. Thank you. Bye, Regina. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Limiter Podcast with Regina Eileen Woodard. Remember to subscribe and review the No Limiter Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and the No Limiter Podcast YouTube channel. Every listen and review helps to get this podcast out to as many No Limiters like you as possible. 